Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Colin. My name is Tierney. And my name is Matt. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry we pissed you off so much, Matt. We gotta get through this opening faster. We're so slow. <laughs> you sounded like a Guys. newscaster. And I'm Matt Fox. <laughs> Tonight's podcast. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Broadcast the, News. The 1987 film Broadcast News. Uh, so, this is it, everybody, real quick. Uh, this is our last one of this, of this run. We did it. We made it. The festival's over. Forever? We survived. You bluff me. Or, that's not the same song. <laughs> I was blending two Blink-182 songs. Anyway. Oh, I see yeah, what you did, yeah. over <laughs> for now. Um, so, yeah, this was my my last pick, the last pick of this, this run that we're on. Um, so I did cheat a little bit on this one. My theme was uh, movies that I own on the Criterion Collection that came out uh, uh, before I was born. And I was, I was intending to choose one from every decade before I was born. But I already made Matt watch a movie from the 40s, and I already made Matt watch a movie from the 50s, so it felt rude to make him watch a movie from the 30s. So. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> don't go that far don't, back. Don't, don't speak that evil into existence. <laughs> uh, so I did pick one from the 80s, even though I was born in the 80s. Uh, but this movie came out before I was born, so I feel like it still honors the, the spirit of the exercise. Just so. barely. I mean, yeah, sure, but it still came out before I was born, so. Yeah, it's confirmed that Calvin was not alive when this movie came out. This movie did beat me into existence by seven months, so congratulations. Beat you into existence? Sounds brutal. It was rough, but I, I made it, so, you know. Uh, so this movie first really popped on my radar a few years ago like obviously i'd heard of it before but i hadn't really like given it any thought but i was listening to the screen drafts episode where they uh mark harris and adam b very were drafting uh movies about television and Mm. um it was fairly shortly after we had done our network episode and I was just expecting Network to be the number one movie on their list, but it was not. It was broadcast news, and Network was second. And I was like, dope. <laughs> and Danny's smiling and nodding. Yeah. <laughs> I think, a, like, a passing car on fire would be better than Network. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Certainly less hostile. Girl, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, but anyway, one of the one of the hosts of Screen Drafts uh, was ecstatic because uh, apparently Broadcast News is like his favorite film of all time, and so I was like, oh, I should I should probably check this movie out. And so then I bought it and promptly did not watch it as I am wont to do. And then it popped up again a few years ago, last year, whenever it was, when um, William Hurt passed away, and like a lot of people were mentioning this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really do need to catch up with that. And then uh, I still didn't watch this movie. And then finally I was like, all right, now's the time. Uh, so here we are. We, I watched this movie finally. Uh, Who's William I, Hurt in this movie? Tom? Tierney. <laughs> <laughs> T- 
to me. William Hurt? <laughs> Are you thinking of John Hurt? Yeah, okay, I was thinking yep. of John Hurt. <laughs> there it oh is. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, he looks so different. You're right, he does look different because they are two very oh, different my people. God. <laughs> also, John Hurt died years ago. Wow, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Oops. Oh. Sex symbol of the 80s. It's the John first Hurt. I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, so I finally watched this movie. Um, earlier this afternoon and I thought it was really good. I really liked it a lot. Uh, I thought there, like, I thought it was really, uh, there were moments that were really funny. I thought there were other moments that were like a total gut punch. Um, the, I thought the characters were all really well established. Um, Uh, I, yeah, I just, I had fairly high hopes going into this movie and I feel like it, it met them. So I'm, I was very pleased that we're, at least in my opinion, ending on a high note. So. Well, let me tell you, I had very low hopes once I learned that this was another news journalism movie and I was pleasantly surprised to learn that it was a comedy and actually fun. I had no, I had no bar. I hadn't even heard of this movie until you picked it. So, um, yeah, nothing to put it against other than every other journalism movie, which most of them suck. (laughs) Uh, And I thought this was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. It's basically a rom-com, but not. I was going to say, like, it's, I think it's interesting because it, like, there are moments where it's, rom commy there are moments where it's just commy there are moments when it's drummy um i feel like it threads it like threads that needle really well and i feel like it's realistic yeah um so yeah you know what go ahead you know what's funny is that colin ended his festival run with broadcast news uh a movie about uh you know a very go get them journalist woman who's uh, out for the story and cares about journalism and we started his festival run with his girl friday mm. which was about newspaper journalism <clears throat> with a go get female reporter i don't know isn't there something there that's interesting everyone's talking about it it's very interesting yes yeah, so did you Parallax like this one View better than you- <laughs> was also journalism <laughs> Which one? Parallax View. Oh, Parallax View. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Oh, good point. Oh, shit. All right. Well, we got to go back. I got re- to look deeper into my 50s and what's the other one? Eight. Yeah, wait. What, what else did you pick? His Girl Friday. All About Eve. Oh, Umbrellas about of Sherborne. About Entertainment. Umbrellas of Sherborne. And, yeah, I guess no journalists there. But anyway... Uh, I watched Broadcast News as well. I had heard about it for a very long time. I never watched it. I love Holly Hunter, but I have not seen enough of Holly Hunter's movies. And this was the one that I've heard is, like, her at her peak, at her best. Uh, And it's true. Uh, I really liked it. Goss. I still think Network is a better movie about news and about media. I think this one is a movie about these people and 
what it has to say about journalism is like pretty empty uh and i think the message of like the ethics of journalism is kind of like eh, yeah i guess but like i think it has less to say than uh network which i love but also think these characters are like you know <clears throat> frustrating but also more uh likable than anybody in network for sure i would but also they're two different movies i was gonna uh, say they're they're trying to do different they're trying yeah. to do two different things so like i do think that you we can make the comparison that is obvious but i, I also don't necessarily know if it's terribly fair to compare these two movies sure i would <clears> say though that um the major plot points of this movie are all commentaries on news. Like, uh, the fact that it all comes down to, like, what's gonna... what people are gonna watch and how no one's gonna watch the actual news and, uh, you know, no money being bought by other companies. Mm-hmm. Stuff we're still seeing yeah. today. I was gonna say, I I, I, <laughs> this movie came out uh, 36 years ago. But I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, man, a lot of this is still super relevant. So, <laughs> good job, James L. Brooks. Yeah, is <laughs> Albert exercise? No. Oh, actually, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. Albert Brooks is uh, <clears throat> Super Dave Osborne's brother, though. Okay. <laughs> do, you remember, do you know who Super Dave Osborne is? Nope. He's Larry David's tall friend in uh, Funkhauser. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Funkhauser. Oh, I know Funkhauser. That's that's Albert Brooks's brother. Oh, really? Was Albert Brooks's brother? He passed away. But yeah, isn't that nuts? Yeah, that blew my mind when I found that out. I was like, they don't look anything alike. Yeah. How could this be? Are they like full siblings, or is it like a half sibling situation? So. I assume Tierney's I looking it up right now. So. No, I was looking up James L. Brooks is not Albert Brooks's James, dad. So James L. Brooks is most uh, often associated with my favorite television show. That's it. The Simpsons. He's behind The Simpsons. Yeah. I totally forgot that this was a James L. Brooks joint. Uh, and so in the opening credits, it just says, like, Gracie Films. And I was like, oh, shit, Matt's going to lose his mind. <laughs> I have a little pin. I just confirmed. I've got a little enamel pin for Gracie Films. Yeah, or Treehouse of Horror. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Well, maybe get a little culture in you. Okay, I guess we could just start talking about it. Wait, guys, Albert Brooks's real name is Albert Einstein. Not even Accurate. I saw that oh, earlier yeah. today. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because Dave Osborne was Dave Einstein. Super Dave Osborne, I think, was Dave Einstein. Or something else, Einstein. That's so crazy. Wow. Okay, so. I guess it's like Anne Hathaway being named Anne Hathaway. What? Anne Hathaway was William Shakespeare's wife. Oh. What? Okay. Anne Hathaway was the name of William Shakespeare's oh, wife. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
Anne Hathaway, the actress that we know and love, is a time traveler. It's like I don't from get this the Black Plague. I, I don't get this joke. She now. brought she brought COVID with her as the Black Plague, but it changed because of the time travel. Sure, that checks out. I think that's how science works. Everybody knows it. It's on all the message boards that nobody reads. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, this was a good movie. Let's let's chat about it. Let's talk about it. Um, I really like how we're just, like, thrown into this movie. Um, and, like, the uh, introductions of all of the characters at the beginning is so yeah. cute and perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Albert Brooks's little, like, I'm smarter than all of you, and even though you all hate me, I still beat you. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so yeah. good. <laughs> I also loved the, um, when he's like, he's like, yeah, well, this is going to heal, but what I'm going to say won't, you know, stick with you forever. You're not going to ever make more than $19,000. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid's like, oh, $19,000. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm like definitely vibing with this movie's comedic chops right from jump. Um, I thought that was really fun. And then. The uh, the intro to um, Holly Hunter's character, mm-hmm. where she just, like, loses it on her dad. <laughs> so good. I enjoyed obsessive it. Obsessive means you can't pull away from it. And I'm clearly <laughs> taking time away from it in order to tell you that I'm not obsessive. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's great foundational <laughs> yeah. to just, like, let us know who they are as adults now. Because they're the same people. I was gonna, yeah, it's just like it's such a clever way of introducing you to the characters, and like I mentioned earlier, I think the characters are so well developed that you can mm-hmm. tell like from jump, even as children, they were exactly who they are now, and throughout the entire movie, that like it's just like, yep, that's that's what that character would do. That's what that person would do. That's this all fully checks out. Um, so yeah, I, I I loved I loved the intro to this movie, and then when we jump to the present and we're just like, you know, in the middle of like their news story, like the, them like chasing the story. I was like, Oh, this is so good. We're just like, we're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really appreciated all of that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. It's a good, it's a good intro. Uh, and feels very eighties too. Mm-hmm. Like when the, the credits come up, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like a, a real 80s movie with the soundtrack and like I love the establishing uh, shot of her gathering each newspaper from all the different mm-hmm. boxes like this is her routine mm-hmm. uh, yeah it, 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 the relationship between her and uh, what's his name in the movie what's Albert Brooks' character's name Aaron uh, yeah between Aaron and Jane Julie. Jane, Jane. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out if he's re- trying to remember Tom's name. That's where I was like, "What?" Anyway. People need that. People need to have less boring names in movies. Uh, but Aaron, Jane, uh, and their relationship this kind of already complicated. Like, it's like brother sister kind of, but it's also very flirty, mm-hmm. and they're also like best friends. And so from right out of the gate, you're like, "Well, yeah, this is going to cause problems because if they're not dating already." doesn't make a lot of sense why not oh i didn't have that they're dating thought but i'm sure that's like what an 
reasonable person. Yeah, I just was like, what's going to happen? I was still thinking it was a news movie. So it wasn't until Joan Cusack was running down the hallway that I was oh like, oh, this is a comedy. Yeah. Uh, it is funny. And that was a fantastic scene. I love that. I, I'm yeah. trying to think. I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's something and I'm just not like, I'm blanking on it, but uh, it was really good physical comedy acting from Joan Cusack that I don't necessarily like associate her with that style. The of, hallway? Yeah. When she's just like frantically running oh, and, and like, someone do- like pulls like, out a drawer and she like, yeah, dodges she just it. like slides under it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't do that in a ton of movies. She's, she's good at it though. more demure. Yeah. Demure. In that dress, too. Everyone looks peak 80s. It's just incredibly 80s from top to bottom. (laughs) Like, Holly Hunter is a smoke show from start to finish. Yeah. But those dresses are ludicrous. (laughs) They are, like, the craziest 80s Barbie dresses. Uh, And, like, when she takes the shoulder pads out that one scene, you're like, oh, this looks better without the crazy shoulder pads. Yeah, but then she loses the coat. (laughs) She's just like, oh. she's like, as soon as she gets in the cab, she's like, oh, something's not quite right. So she <laughs> just like ditches the cup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she looks incredible. In this. She is incredible. In this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get, she we'll sing her praises the whole time. Uh, speaking of just super 80s, although I guess, you know, jumping to the very end, uh, spoilers, I guess. Uh, but like it cuts to seven years later. Which I guess is not 80s, that would be 90s, but uh, her uh, hair is awful. <laughs> in, like, <laughs> in like the, the, like the flash she is forward. Unrecognizable. I was like, is that? I was like, that, is that Hallie Hunt? Yeah. <laughs> like, if it weren't but for it's her super voice, 90s, I would be like, isn't it? Oh, it's so 90s. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it makes it sense. It looks like, it looks like my high school girlfriend's aunt. <laughs> like, she had the exact same haircut. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's. It's it's her hair. It's the exact same haircut. Yeah, if it weren't for Holly Hunter's like unre- like unmistakable voice, I would be like they just cast somebody different for this like seven years in the future. She really does have like an like unmistakable voice. It's the best voice. It's like one of the best voices. I think it also cinema. just reminds me of childhood, and I think it's because <laughs> Mrs. Incredible. Yeah, but yeah. I always I, I hear it, and being... I'm always like. It's like an old sweatshirt you just put on. I think one of my favorite parts of... Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts of The Incredibles is Holly Hunter's voice. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of want to watch it just to hear her talk, and I kind of want to hear her talk in everything. Mm -hmm. Like, when she got on Succession, I was like, fuck yes, give me those docent sounds. Yeah. Dulcet? Dulcet. Dulcet. Yeah. Dulcet. Uh, They also animate her voice or animate her mouth in the incredibles is different than the way she talks like the way her actual mouth moves but it fits her voice so perfectly (laughs) yeah it's like the it's like the talking out of the side of your mouth kind of thing yeah it's so perfect where is she from but she's so good in this is she actually from atlanta hold please i can look it up but what else is she in she's in twister right She's from Georgia. No. No, that's... She's not in Twister. Uh, Helen Hunt. No. Different Hunt. It's a third Different Hunt. Different H. H Hunt. 
yeah. Holly Hunter is in. Like, what would some uh, of her big ones Raising be? Raising Arizona. Oh, right. Raising Arizona. Yes. Yeah. She's fantastic in that. And she's in. Uh, she's in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Of course. Of course. <laughs> also started oh, which, off this series. Yeah. Exactly. Holly Hunter is the, is the bookend. Oh. <laughs> the best thing you ever did for those kids are getting hit by that train. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. I really like Holly Hunter is. Uh, is She was also, don't forget, in Your Beloved, Batman Simple v Man? Superman, colon, oh. Dawn of Justice. Uh, <laughs> God. What a waste. <laughs> She could have been so good in that. Um, anyway, I forgot she was in that, actually. Um, she's so good in this, though. Like, she's this is fantastic top in this. Four. Her delivery of certain lines is so surprising and natural. Um, and I think that's what I like most about the movie as a whole, is like the dialogue felt super naturalistic, mm-hmm. and the characters all felt like really genuine in their acting. Um, I think it's like, I mean, it's three great actors, but... I don't know. It just felt like a very authentic movie. Even when she screamed, this is important to me. Mm-hmm. There was like a lot of genuine passion in it and like, and just frustration that he doesn't understand how important Tom is to her. Uh, and I think that is like, because it ends up being a movie more about the relationships than actually noobs. I think it helps <coughs> that the characters are so well drawn and mm-hmm. like three dimensional. Mm-hmm. Even, also, even her bits, like the jokey stuff, like her sitting and going, <laughs> yeah. like comes, a, like she does it so well that it doesn't seem like a bit. You're like, oh, this poor girl. Right. Yeah. Just and can't get like, a break. I love how it's just like a routine. Like you see it a couple <laughs> different times where she'll just like unplug the phone so nobody can bother her and she'll just have herself a little cry and then she'll just be like, all right. And then she'll plug the phone back in and get back to life. And it's mm-hmm. just like so perfect. Everything about it is absolutely perfect for that character. Um, I also like that we like, we get to see her in lots of different scenes where she's doing like slightly different roles. Um, but I think one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is when she comes in and yells at Tom and his dad's behind the door <laughs> And then after Tom goes, what did you think of her, honestly? And he goes, someone like that doesn't know how to be affectionate. And then the next scene, a series of scenes, is everybody getting laid off. And she's the person that everybody goes to. And, like, she's the one that comforts them. And it's, like, a perfect juxtaposition. Yeah. Whereas, like, and we've seen her be able to do that, but yeah. Tom hadn't. Um, along those lines, uh, when Jack Nicholson shows up, which also I had no idea that he was in this yeah. movie. And so, like, the first, what time, a surprise. The first yeah. time they cut to, like, the actual news and he was anchoring, I was like, oh, okay. Same. <laughs> Tonight on the news. What a terrifying. Yeah. I do not want him reading Anchor. the news to me. <laughs> Um, 300 murder. But when he, when he shows up and he's like, yeah, well, you know, 
if we can't be there during the hard days, then, you know, we can't, whatever dumbass line he says. But then as soon yeah. as the firings start happening, he just, like, slinks away into the background. Yeah. Meanwhile, Holly Hunter actually is there, like, mm -hmm. comforting all of her friends and everything. Um, like, I think both of those, like, the juxtaposition between Tom's, like, what Tom's dad says, and then also, like, oh, I'm Jack Nicholson, I'm the anchor for the network news, I'm going to put up a, a brave face, and then I'm actually just not going to do anything, I'm just going to be a little coward and run away. Um, yeah. I thought both of those were really, like, effective, like, little moments. I agree. I've uh, also just, I went to go look up. Uh, okay, so I went to go look up. We were talking about Jack Nicholson. I was listening to what you were saying. Uh, and then I went to go look him up because I was like, has he been like a creepy Hollywood dude? And so I went to go look at like the, con see if there was like a controversy page of his Wikipedia. But I never made it that far because I went back to the web browser, which is on Holly Hunter. <laughs> and then it was on the filmography and <laughs> bear with me this is good. i'll come we'll come back it's a long journey it was on the holly hunter page of the filmography section and i guess she was in chicken little which reminded me did you guys see photos from the mandalorian premiere where pedro pascal <laughs> looks like chicken little <laughs> We've talked about this. I think you said this on the last podcast. <laughs> oh, no. We've literally Tyranny. had this conversation. I'm pretty sure at least once. On, on okay, the well, record. every time I see Chicken Tyranny. Little, it's all I can think of. But I guess I'm just a broken record. I'll look and see about so, Jake Nicholson. Yeah, this whole thing was about something that isn't even related to this movie. I thought this was a judgment-free zone. It, he was it in the military. Just, uh, when we drop two-hour podcasts, we got to make sure we're not repeating information again. Okay. Uh, yeah, we can't waste, you know, two minutes of those two hours rehashing conversations we've already had. But I also haven't seen this picture of Pedro Pascal, so thank you for the reminder. Oh my well, it God. started. It started from like it was a bit from an old premiere that he wore glasses to. <laughs> Everyone was like, "It's giving Chicken Little," and then he literally dressed as Chicken Little. <laughs> He's in like all yellow. Anyway, okay, back to the podcast. I'm looking up Jack Nicholson, but we can keep talking. Uh, I just remember the one time on the red carpet where Jack Nicholson walked up to. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah, and she was like, I I can't remember what the exchange was, but basically she was like, like, uh, you know, <laughs> let let me know where you're staying later, you know, and he's like, oh, like don't tempt me, and then she was like, oh, oh don't tempt me, yeah, and she's like, oh my god, what just happened? But like they flirted <laughs> with each other, <laughs> and it was like she instigated, and you could tell he was like, oh really, yeah, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> It was very funny. Um, but, yeah, he's he, what a surprise to be in this movie. But also, he's in As Good As It Gets, which is interesting that he's in another James L. Brooks yeah. movie. I feel like he... With a different hunt. Oh, that's Helen right. <laughs> the aforementioned <laughs> Helen Hunt. Yeah. Man, James L. Brooks really has a type. <laughs> he hunts. loves hunts. Pe people H with hunts. the last name Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, but it's or Holly people Hunter. people with the last name Hunt in, yeah, I was going to say, okay. or the last name, you know, the word Hunt is the in root the last word. name. Yeah. Um, so apparently in 1996, he uh, promised a woman $1,000 for sex and then assaulted her when she asked for the money. Oh, God. Jesus. So. Uh, anyway. I mean... You had to know that there was definitely something, right? <laughs> like yeah, I just like, couldn't I'm remember just gonna go, what it was. I'm just going to go look and see. It was like, yeah, I mean, oh, there's he definitely also, something out there. <laughs> he also used a golf club to bash the roof of a windshield in a road rage incident. I so. mean, hell yeah. <laughs> He's driving in California, so I get that one. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> Uh, I found Tom and Jane's courtship very cute. Yes. Um, when she is looking for him at the part, at the correspondence dinner, and she goes, okay, if he sees me, if he doesn't see me, then we're just not meant to be. And then he looks up and spots her and then does, like, the, like, arrow through the heart. And I was like, this is very cute. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, he's, he seems very genuinely excited uh, and, like, interested in her you know in a real like the chemistry is hot it's red hot between the two of them. and i was a little bit i feel like i was a little bit confused on to why they didn't work out because do we want to just jump to the end well yeah. before we do that i just i this happens, it's not a regular bit, but it is, you know, somewhat recurring. Uh, and I just feel like it needs to happen now because Matt opened the door. From Demi's Letterboxd review, five-star mm. review of Broadcast News. Uh, he says a lot more, but the part that <laughs> made me laugh out loud when I read it earlier, felt so seen by the moment of Jane standing over the balcony saying, if he doesn't see me soon, it isn't meant to be. Nothing brings you closer to superstition than a bad crush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, this is so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because we've all done this, like, yeah. or some yeah. version of this before. Whether or not we're actually superstitious people in that particular situation, obviously not, like, at the White House Correspondence Dinner, but, like, in a position where you're, like, maybe going to interact with somebody you're crushing on, Notice you do me. some dumb shit. <laughs> and, <he's> like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, if this happens, then it must mean this. And it happens, and you're like, well, I was right. <laughs> Or it doesn't happen, oh, yeah. and then you're like, well, actually, that one didn't count. It's actually... Exactly. This, yeah, I was this, like, well, this, no, that's just this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magic isn't real. I didn't do it in time. <laughs> yeah. The... I think that, like, is what does feel the, the, the most uh, well-explored in this movie, is, like, crushes. Like, mm-hmm. having a... Especially, like, a work A work crush. crush. I like, think that, like, adding that element in made it even more yeah. interesting i think mm-hmm. and being like attracted to how well somebody does their job specifically her like when you're watching her in her zone it really is like holy shit like of course you want to work with somebody this good and mm-hmm. what they do uh but yeah and also the fact that like she kind of he crushes on her and then it feels like she starts to like you know make moves on him and then he backs off so it is a lot of, like, back and forth, which I watched this with Chris, friend of the pod and contributor, and he 
remembers that originally that was what he was most frustrated about was like how much back and forth between these characters there is when it's like just get together like come on what is holding this back just like commit to it which i do think by the end you're kind of like ugh. especially with albert brooks you're like shut up <laughs> like stop being such a little bitch <laughs> like she doesn't like you like that i yeah. but she also never said it she did never say she didn't i think she made the message clear but right. she never mm-hmm. s- said uh i don't like you like that yeah yeah i uh, think until after that night i think that night is the first time she does right yeah i think maybe yeah it is also yeah i mean she's very clear well, because, I mean, he says, like, there's that line at the, earlier. At the night of the in, correspondence dinner. Right, when they have their, like, blowout. Yeah. But there's that that line earlier. I think it's the, the night that Tom anchors for the first time. And, mm-hmm. like, he's like, oh, we got to go out. Everybody's going out. And she's like, oh, I got to go meet Aaron. Um, and so she goes over to his house, and he's been drinking. And he, she just, like, they have that conversation on the stoop. And he's like, uh, oh, no, no, that's yo, that the first time Tom anchors. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. and he says something like, I wish there were two of you. Like, I wish you were two people. So I could tell the one who I'm friends with how, like about the, the one that I like so much. And she just kind of just like, Oh, all right, well, I'm going to go. Oh, I didn't realize <laughs> so, it was that early. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that happened closer to the correspondence dinner. I mean, he also leans in quite a bit, like, before that. Yeah. Where he's certainly trying to make yeah. something happen. For sure. She's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm done. Can well, we work is over. talk about when he anchors and how much of a <laughs> catastrophe it is? Because I think my favorite line from the movie is 22 reported dead. I wish I were one of them. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and also, is this the, where the term flop sweat came from? I don't know. I don't think it's star- starting here. I think this is just referencing flop sweat as a concept. Oh. Like, because they also say, like, man, he's sweating more than Nixon did. And Nixon, I think, would have been told he had flop sweat. Mm-hmm. The entire globe cut out, shaking behind him, and then just a hand holding it. And several, like, your hand's, your in, the hand, shot. Your hand's your hand. in the shot. It takes so long for the hand to go away. God. It's so nerve-wracking when they all run to try to change a shirt, and then they're like, three, two, and you're like, oh, my God. I just have to button over that sweat. Sick. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like, sorry, I lost your shoulder pad. I think it drowned. <laughs> I don't think I've. It ever really is a funny sweat that much It's so life. funny. That's a lot of sweat. It's it is a lot of sweat. Oh man, there was a line I was trying to find, but I can't. I'm just I'm doing what Matt did last week, just scrolling through the quote yeah. section on IMDb. <laughs> so, if there's ever a lull in the conversation, I got us, but. I'm trying to yeah, find one specific I, one so you guys talk for a bit while I find it. 
I think I wanted more of like I feel considering this is an over two hour movie, I wanted more of the like working relationship love triangle between the three of them, including Tom and Aaron working together. Because I mm-hmm. feel like we get like one of those moments, and then like kind of one moment where Aaron and uh, and Jane are working together, but like we don't get a ton of their like. I don't know. It feels like a lot of them hanging around each other, but not a lot of, like, the actual news making that they keep talking about doing, in my opinion. Yeah. I wanted more news making. I, I, I think that's a fair point, but I do think that, like, the s- segments where they are making news are really effective. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the sequence that immediately precedes Joan Cusack running to deliver that tape, yeah. where it's just, like pure chaos (laughs) she's just yeah it's just like trying to get this like exact shot like and married with the voiceover and like she's cutting it and then she runs back to her desk to get that norman rockwell painting so the guy can do a fade and she's like a two-second fade (laughs) it's like so intense yeah like all of that stuff was so effective but it also was just like so intense that i don't i think it just would have been a lot for this movie to have more stuff like that which not necessarily it wouldn't have been bad, but I do think that like the the tone of the movie is a little different if it's more focused on that. I like yeah. I like the the I personally I like the balance that they have because I do think that those segments are really good. But I I do agree. I wish it would yeah. it would have been nice to see a little bit more of Aaron and Tom working together because we really only get yeah. to see the one where he's like giving him pointers on how to anchor. Um. Which, by the Which way, fun pointers is really good. And when, uh, <laughs> when he's like, sit on your suit coat, he's like, I am sitting on it. And he like gets up. He's like, don't touch me. And he like pulls his coat down. And then he, Albert Brooks like looks over and he's like, oh, good tip. <laughs> it's like that, like stuff like that is perfect where yeah. you can tell that like Aaron is just so jealous of everything that Tom has, not necessarily because of like the anchor position or, you know, anything like that. It's just like, he wants to be the object of Jane's affection. And so he's just so jealous that he's just like, fuck you, man. Don't, don't talk to me. Don't, don't, I know. And then when he actually gets like, when he understands that, like what um, Tom is trying to say, he's like, Oh fuck. I hate, I hate that you're right, but you're right. <laughs> Which I think is also a very relatable, like, character aspect. Yeah. Where you're just like, fuck you, man. But also, all right, fine. fine. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I think, so let's talk about Tom. Because I... Let's talk about Tom, baby. Baby. Let's talk about T-O-Me... Um, so he, I don't think his, his thing is that egregious. I don't think him crying and editing the cry is unethical or egregious. I think that's just television, baby. Well, I I mean, that's the whole point. That's, but this is what I I was trying to point to in the beginning is the other thing too, is it's not his idea. It's the woman he's interviewing says that would have been really good to get on camera. And so then when they finish, he's like, do you have a couple moments? And that's when he does it. 
And so that's where yeah. I'm like, it's not even him doing it. If he was like, I'm going to do this so I look like an empathetic dude, then I'd be like, yeah, fuck off, guy. But because it's the woman right. who says that would have been really good to get on camera and that gives him the idea to do it, that's where yeah. I'm like, is it that bad? It's not. In my opinion, it's not bad. <laughs> I, if it gets well, the so- story to be told better... And have the impact that it's supposed to have. I think people had an emotional reaction because it showed that the reporter was even moved to tears. And like, it, you're allowed to be as well. He actually was. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't until he faked it. No, but he, he it's was. It's not like Brian Williams. No, but he like, was. He, he didn't fake being in a helicopter. Wait. He just faked crying. I thought that he was initially moved. It just wasn't on camera. And no, so well, he, he was it. moved. He wasn't he moved to cried. tears. There's a line where it's just like, oh. where she's, I can't remember exactly what it is, but the, the woman who's being interviewed was like, I thought you were going to start crying too. So it's like, it, he was having an oh. emotional reaction, but he I wasn't actually crying until he like switched. Cause that, there, he's just like, give me a minute. And he like turns. And then when the camera cuts back, you see the tear. So like, I agree with both of you. I don't necessarily I think it's that egregious. Crying. No. This changes everything. <laughs> no, yeah. And that's why he's like, he only had one camera crew, so he couldn't have been crying when yeah. she told her story. It had to have happened in some other way. But yeah, that being the crux of her emotional break with him, I'm like, uh, but I, maybe back then it mattered, but like... I was going to say, I think like that's... I don't know. <laughs> before well, everything I, was ruined I was gonna say <laughs> I don't Barbara know Walters yeah. <laughs> uh, does Barbara but, Walters I mean, I think cry? It's... no but she was like known for like getting really personal and kind of tabloidy originally mm. like a lot of other news yeah. anchors were kind of like what are these stories is this just like sensationalism I mean, that, but she would get good interviews <coughs> that whole segment seems like feels very 60 minutes-y Right, where yeah. it's like there's one person who's going out and reporting and having like a very like face to face conversation with somebody. Like, I don't, I agree that from the 2023 lens, this is that it's, li- it's literally nothing. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. so <laughs> much worse shit that's happened over the last like five years. Like, it's, it's literally nothing. And I don't know enough about broadcast news or any news from the 80s because obviously I wasn't alive or if I was I was not watching the news or conscious of what the news was but I think it's very keeping within her character sure so I agree with you that it's just like really that's it but then you're also like no that that would be it for her like I get why she's just like this is a bridge that this is too far like I'm I'm old school Exactly. This is a bridge to Terabithia too far. I can't... I gotta take the shorter bridge to Terabithia. This bridge is just way too fucking long. I don't got time to walk across this thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it felt very true to her character. It did. I think also because they set up that she's, like, even that concerned about a boot. Of, like, don't put on the boot because we told you to put on the boot. Put on the boot because you... That's what your next thing would be. I also... And so I think that set up her being that hands off when it comes to yeah yeah for sure and her um her speech at the conference which like Uh 
God bless you, Holly Hunter. That that speech sucked. Like she was boring as hell. Boring you gotta put some flair on that. Like, I get it. Holly, I don't even. At least I don't even put remember some slides it. up on the screen or something. But like everybody yeah, Jane, was just like you've got a great voice. Fully bailing, like just not even hiding the fact that they were just like, nah, fuck this, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what got people in was when she showed that clip of people doing dominoes. And she has that, like, everybody's just, like, super jazzed about this. And she has that line, which I don't know if, like, I mean, obviously you slash the audience hear it. But I don't know if anybody, like, in that crowd hears it. But she's like, yeah, it's fun, but it's not the news. Um, right. And so, like, it's, I don't know. I think it's 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 set up really well throughout the entire movie. But when you're, like, when you right, get there, you're just sure. like, Fuck. But still, that story is more important than his reaction to it. And I think that's where it's like, I don't know. He needs to be painted as more of a villain if that's going to be something that we got to be like, yeah, yuck, he sucks. It's like, eh. I don't know if he does he need to be doing. I... I mean, maybe not. That's what like, I think I think it's more they're friends int- in the end, I guess. I, was, I think it's more interesting if none of them are villains. Right. Like, I, I think it's more. Like we've been saying, I think it's more true to life. Yeah. If none of them is like an outright villain, it's just like, you did a a thing that I disagree with, like fundamentally disagree with, and so that's it for us. But it's not that he's a bad person or what he did was quote-unquote wrong ethically. Sure. I feel like the movie paints it that we shouldn't feel that. But I agree. I think you're fine. You're right that in the end, he's still a character we like, and we are glad that he's friends with them still. Yeah. And we're happy that he's with somebody. Um, well, they all are. Well, they all are. But we don't meet and Holly's. And we don't meet Albert Brooks's wife. Oh, right. But we do meet his kid, Cliff. Clifford? Cliff. Clifford, the big red dog. <laughs> Real old-fashioned name. Um... The real quick, the line that I was looking for earlier when we were talking about um, Aaron very heavily trying to uh, show Jane that he's interested in Jane very noncommittally turning him down when they're having that phone call towards the beginning of the movie. And he's like, wouldn't this be a great world if insecurity and desperation made us more attractive if needy were a turn on? I thought it was really funny. But then she's also just like, all right, good night. See you tomorrow. <laughs> like, he's clearly fishing and she's just like, okay, see you later. <laughs> I did think that was funny. There were some um, good one-liners. There are. There's a, that's a lot of good dialogue and I really do think her lines are probably the best. She's got such a character. And every time when she's in the newsroom and like reading through things like she's so natural in how she like talks to people and directs people and i don't know it's cool it's a it's a cool character she's like a fun character to follow yeah um what did you guys think of i think we kind of like danced around it but their conversation that aaron and jane's conversation the night of the correspondence dinner when they have their like big blow up Oh, you mean when he was like, actually, don't come over. That one? No, Aaron. And... Oh, Aaron. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a little weird that he was like two different people. How he'd scream at her and then be like, no, come back. Where it's like a 
dude, if anyone talked to me that way, I'd be, like, I would not come back. But I guess, like, they're friends or whatever. He's such a friend zone. But he's, like, mean to her. Yeah. He is rude. Yeah. I I agree with her. I think he should get over it. Yeah. I, yes. But I do think that, like, what he says guilting her into staying by being like I I had such a bad anchoring yeah he knows she wants to go meet up with Tom but I do think that like his what he's saying to her about Tom is really good like everything else that he's doing I'm just like ugh oh like he represents everything he yeah, but, like, when he's trying to, it's, like, outside of everything else going on between us, like, you can't end up with him because he's the devil, which obviously was, like, exaggeration for a comedic effect. Mm-hmm. But, like, when he's, like, he basically is just like that. Yeah, like, he represents everything you've been fighting against your entire career. Like, you can't do that. As much as, like, this may read as me being jealous, you know, take it as me just actually being a friend. I thought that that was really effective. Yeah. Well, so I think that's where I disagree with, like, I think he's not painted as enough of a problem. Like, I don't really know what exactly about his anchoring is that problematic, considering that when he actually does anchor with her, she feeds him the information and he says it exactly like she says. And then when he has a chance to do his own story, he presents in something that is important, especially by today's standards, Mm -hmm. but is painted as sensationalist back then, or like, you know overly emotional in order to like win the affection of like news audiences but he's like not like i don't understand as a viewer what makes him so bad i thought it was what aaron is saying feel valid i thought it was more ideological so the sense Mm -hmm. that he's gotten by pretty much on his looks and he also doesn't uh he doesn't write the news. I guess typically the anchor would write the news and then read it, but he doesn't write it. Um, and so he's basically just a mouthpiece for the news as opposed to a part of mm-hmm. creation. So I think it's more to do with like, uh, like ideolo- uh, ideological opinions she has or philosophy. It'd be yeah. like if you were like super anti-capitalist and then, like he like if she was super anti-capitalist and he was like an army <clears throat> hammer type person where right and th- and like him being a pretty boy and just a face is like obvious but it's also like not obvious in the way that they portray other news structures that that's not what other people are like what is jack nicholson is he actually reporting on the news no he's getting fed stories but he writes it as a nightly anchor he writes the i guess this is just from watching the movie but the anchor would write what they're reading so that they know what's coming because they wrote it versus uh tom just reads what somebody else wrote and i i also think that to Tierney's point, it's like Aaron and Jane have an ideological belief of what the news is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that people who are presenting the news should be aware of, like, should just, like, be knowledgeable. And, like, t- 
Tom is from jump, literally from the first time you meet him when he's in his dad's work truck and he's like, I got two C's or three C's, two G's and an incomplete. Like he's like from jump, we know that Tom doesn't know a lot of stuff and he's open about that, which I think is good. Right. But then there's that scene with him and Aaron outside the party and Aaron's just like, can you name all of the cabinet members? And Tom's like, right. Okay. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to take a test for you. And then Aaron's like, okay, well, can you, do you at least know them? And he's like, yeah, I know them. And he's like, you know, all 12. And he's like, of course. And he's like, well, there's only 10. <laughs> and so I think the idea that Tom doesn't actually know what the fuck he's talking about. And yet he's still going to go up there and present to the entire country that he does. I think that's the problem that Aaron has with him. Whether or not Fair. you find that a problem personally or with the 2023 lens is a different question, but that's well contextually. I think my, my problem, I think, is that he's very upfront about that to Jane mm-hmm. in the hotel room when they first meet. Mm-hmm. That he's like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I want to learn. I want to try harder. Like, I want to be more than I am right now, which is just a face beat. Like, mm-hmm. I want to actually become a journalist like you. And he cares about what she's saying at the conference. Like he doesn't even play devil's advocate to be like, aren't, don't you think you're being a little harsh on, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of different news. Like he never does anything besides be dumb mm-hmm. naturally. That is that antagonistic towards news. Like, yes, he's not a journalist. He who writes lies his own to shit. her. About the t- crying. Uh, what? well, he also lies about when his dad, uh, his dad said that she didn't seem a very affectionate person. He said that his dad liked her. Well, I mean, but who wouldn't say that? Like, that's an uncomfortable thing to tell somebody. It's like, he said that that's not the way anyone, uh, that's not the way somebody with affection speaks. Like, that would be a fight. And so he lies. It's like a, it's a white lie. It's a good lie, I think. But I think the point is we are made to have to like identify this kind of conflict between what he represents, which I think for all the reasons you said, Colin and, and Tierney, that is accurate. Like he is portrayed as somebody who isn't as tied to the actual journalism side of broadcast news as they are, where they're in the trenches with the soldiers. They're like doing what needs to be done. But, like, also does a good story. Like, it isn't a puff piece that he decides to do. And does appreciate Jane's skill and in, and chooses her as the writer to do his segment. Or the editor to do his segment. So, like, he's doing good things throughout. So that's, I think, you know, again, I think it's more interesting that it is less complicated. Or it's more complicated than just him being, like, a bad <laughs> news anchor man. But I do think that makes uh, Aaron's words fall kind of flat, where I was like, he's not that bad. And also, he's helping you. And just because you can't keep yourself composed on camera doesn't mean that he did anything wrong. And so, like, saying that he's the devil is like, yeah, you're, you're obviously, like, appealing to what she might think Tom is. But in the end, he's not. And, like, he really doesn't Oh, he's definitely that not much. the devil. Right. I, I I don't think that even Aaron <laughs> thinks that he's actually the devil in that moment. Sure. Yeah. 
It just seems like <laughs> that's like I nev- I'm never really. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm never list. on I'm never on Aaron's side, and I think it's not it's not his arguments are not things that I think actually are happening. No, they're all exaggerations. He's just a pissed off little friend zoned. He's incel, still the sixteen like, year old who graduated high school and screamed at all the upperclassmen. Yeah, exactly. And Tom is still getting by on his looks, and she's still devoted to the craft. Perhaps obsessively devoted to Perhaps obsessively <laughs> about the craft. And maybe that's why her decision to break up over something like a cry on camera is also kind of in line with her character. Like, obsessive to the point where she's going to let a relationship fail because she can't get over that he did that. Anyway, I was just saying Aaron doesn't... <laughs> the things that Aaron says are not entirely supported by what we see in the movie. And so it's hard for us to feel like he has any sort of actual argument. Can we talk about the amount of PTO that she has? Four, <laughs> 14, 14 weeks. weeks. Oh, for some reason I thought she said 41, but still it's three and a half months. That's what happens when you're a workaholic. I was going to say, if, you, your if, if your vacation days don't have a cap on them and they roll over and you never take time off. No cap for real, for real. What? That's what Gen Z's say is no cap. I don't. Are you not a familiar with that? No. no cap means no lie. So no cap is that's what happens when you have four, when you don't take any PTOs. No cap. For don't take okay. any PTOs. <laughs> um... Did we, we were going to jump to the end earlier, but then I sidetracked us and we never got back there. Do we no, want to go to the end now? No. That was what I want to talk about was whether or not uh, you felt like his crying was as egregious as it comes across. Oh, that. Okay. No. I thought you meant like the, the no. Okay. Gotcha. I thought you meant like the flash forward, like the seven years thing. I don't no. really have anything to say on that front. I just thought that that's where you were going. So. I'm glad Aaron moved on. I'm glad they all moved on. Specifically Aaron, though. Well, sure. God, he got a beef <laughs> with Aaron. Christ. The other two are going to be fine, you know. Aaron needs to move on. And he does. Speaking of moving oh. on, oh. When he says, and I'm going to see you in the streets one day, and I'm going to... Oh, and he calls her a <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, like, he's Brutal. an asshole. He's yeah. Aaron dick. sucks. <laughs> Even bringing up, like, oh, he had one camera crew. I don't know if I should have told you that. It's like, shut the fuck up, Aaron. Things are going fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know I that a, you're supposed to love him. Well, I don't. <laughs> I've got beef with Aaron. <laughs> uh... Another line that made me laugh that I assume Tierney enjoyed as well. Uh, when Tom is uh, sitting outside of uh, the manager's office or whatever, the day that everybody's getting fired, and he's just like sitting there waiting to go into the office, assuming he's also going to get fired. And then the guys come out and he's like, uh, the Paul, the like the manager guy, 
telling the guy that he just fired, now, if there's anything I can do for you, and the other guy's like, well, I certainly hope you die soon. Yeah, I did like that. <laughs> William Hurt's just like, oh, shit. Like, his secretary just, like, looks down. By William Hurt, you mean John Hurt? Exactly. Of course, yes, obviously. Famed British... <laughs> Uh, theater, a uh, professionally theater trained actor, John Hurt. Uh, also, the um, when Jack Nicholson's character is like, "Man, this is a really, really tough day," and the guy's like, "Well, it could be less tough if you knock a million off your salary," uh-huh. and Jack Nicholson's <laughs> like, "Fuck you, man." <laughs> I was like, "I did enjoy that." <laughs> That's exactly how it happens. Ugh. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. That's it, I think. I don't either. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you both liked it for two reasons. One, it's nice that we can end the season on a high note. And two, because this movie's not available streaming anywhere and you guys had to pay for it, so... I actually (laughs) had a coupon, so I didn't have to pay for it. Oh, hell yeah. Somehow I got some credits on Amazon Prime. True. Nice. All right. Well, bless up then. Uh, categories? Mm-hmm. Uh, tattoo ideas? I don't really have any. I know. I was like, there's Her nothing. Her dress from the correspondence dinner with the big white bow. Her hair looked insane. <laughs> she, when you first see yeah. her before she like... <laughs> Like, clip some of it down. It's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> just all of her different hairstyles on your arm. <laughs> on your arm. Lined up. Just the hair. Just the hair. I did like yeah. the one at the party where uh, it was, like, braided, but just, like, a little bit. Yeah. And then everything else was normal. <laughs> I was like, One oh, little side yeah. braid. <laughs> um, I think I like the idea of all of her hairstyles, but I think what it needs to be is, like, her truly horrendous 90s cut is like the centerpiece and then like yes. everything else is just like right around <laughs> yeah orbiting it like a planet oh god <laughs> she i love holly hunter she looked so bad in that wig <laughs> here's here's my here's my question and it relates to a tattoo idea what was the name of their network mm. no I idea it was purposefully vague so well, and I think that is something that I disliked because uh, I would have liked like a like a channel brand kind of anchor who this group was. Wow, pun like, intended. Where were they working? Oh, uh-huh, I guess so. <laughs> uh, but like the same way we get like ATN or like you know yeah any of these other fake channels, I feel like the brand identity of who this news network was also because it was lacking it never felt like quite like we knew what they were or what they were becoming like we get the the new uh like synthesized theme song <laughs> oh my god those two dudes hit. were so into it <laughs> oh okay so this is going to be a category i'm going to introduce uh and we might as well introduce it now is if this got remade who would you cast as the new characters that they're playing. I'll start off with saying Jesse Eisenberg as oh, uh, Aaron 
is like it's perfect. the same energy. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect casting. He's yeah. It's it would be Jesse Eisenberg, uh, and then for those two musicians, that would be Michael Ian Black and Nick Kroll uh, behind that keyboard because those two actors looked like Michael Ian Black and Nick <laughs> Kroll. So you just cast look alike. Uh, I don't know who I would pick for Tom or or Jane, but. Hmm. Jane could be like an Emma Stone. Yeah, I was gonna say. Or, I feel like a, an Emma Stone would be a good. And fit. then Tom, Tom could be a Ryan Gosling or Ryan and, Reynolds and Damien Chazelle. Or that guy, Ansel <laughs> exactly. Elgort. It could be Ansel Elgort. Because, but he's pretty. Actually, he is just. Actually, you know what? That's, that's actually pretty good casting for that character. Because he kind of just has to be looks. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I think okay, I'll just I would see this movie. I'll just stick with the OG. <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you that Jesse Eisenberg is good casting. <laughs> yeah, it would be called Broadcast Twos. Okay, next category. So, <laughs> <laughs> would you guys spend time on this film set? Probs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Sure, why not? Um, in D.C.? You have to hang out with Holly Hunter in D.C.? I fucking love D.C. D.C. is one of my favorite cities to visit. Uh, so, yeah, that'd be tight. Uh, one note that I did have, I'm pretty sure the airport that they meet up at at the end of the movie is Dulles. And I assume that uh, Holly Hunter's character does not own a car because she lives and works in D.C., so, like, probably doesn't need to own a car. But, uh Dulles, in case you aren't familiar with DC geography, is not at all close to to DC. It's like a what about the other minute. one, Reagan? Yeah, I don't think she's at Reagan though. Oh. Like based on the context of what that airport looks like when they're in the airport, I'm pretty sure that's Dulles. Oh, and so I I loved the idea that she just got a cab from somewhere in DC all the way to Dulles just to tell somebody that she wasn't going to get on a plane with him and then get in a different cab and go all the way home. <laughs> uh, I thought that I personally got a lot of humor out of that as somebody who flies into and out of Dulles fairly mm. regularly and has to deal with getting to and from DC from Dulles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's like O'Hare in Chicago. Yeah. Also, that like, is a long way to be like, nah, I'm not gonna come. <laughs> I didn't even bring bags with me. <laughs> when she gets out of the car and doesn't have any bags, it's like, oh shit. And he's just sitting there looking like a total fucking idiot with all of his, like, airport merch. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, kind of cute. I don't know. I really was smitten with Tom. Yeah. Like, clearly. <laughs> Definitely better than Aaron. Yeah, I mean, if you had to choose one, that's the right oh, one. Fuck. Uh, would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. There's uh, nothing untoward except for John. Uh, I almost said John Hurt, except for <laughs> William Hurt's butt. Oh, that reminds me. There was another line that I saw earlier that I wanted to. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, 
Oh, you think anyone who's proud of the work we do is an ass kisser? No, I think anyone who puckers up their lips and presses it against their boss's buttocks and then smooches is an ass kisser. <laughs> um, what are the other categories? Oh, what character would you want to play? Probably Jane. Tom, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that makes that makes me Aaron. So (laughs) here's here's it. We've done it. We've recast the 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 remake of this movie. We did it, everyone. (laughs) No need to look for anyone else. We got you. We got you, Hollywood. (laughs) Um, the Zoom link that I sent you guys. This was a Matt. Did you get this? I assume Tierney didn't. The link. Yeah, like the yeah the reference. I mean. Oh, uh... Is that Planet of the Apes? No. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm like, I I really can't remember it, so that's why I'm like, what? Why doesn't Colin say it, and then... So, the link was Anchorman, colon, Rise of an Empire. Oh, Oh, it's 300 Rise of an Empire. (laughs) Because, uh, 300, this is, like, a very deep cut that I was aiming for Matt exclusively, and maybe listener will appreciate it. But, um... The movie 300 has a sequel called 300 colon Rise of an Empire that is both a sequel and a prequel and a sidequel. Um, and so when I was watching this movie, it made me want to rewatch Anchorman. But I was like, oh, this movie came out before Anchorman, but then it's set after Anchorman. So is it <laughs> it's like, is it just some sort of weird nether world so i called it anchorman colon rise of an empire that was that was for me and and matt <laughs> sorry like sorry it. tyranny <laughs> i also good. like when william hurt says fuck you san diego in this movie well. <laughs> even though they're in dc so pointed uh all right i think those are all the categories uh oscars this one did pretty well at the oscars didn't it uh so i thought it did uh no i mean it was nominated for a bunch it did not win anything damn a shutout yeah it was nominated for best picture best actor best actress best supporting actor so all three of the leads got nominated who was supporting was it aaron hurt aaron come on obviously interesting i think i would have considered him one of the leads yeah, I mean, I think he is a lead, but, you know, you got a campaign, so. I guess so. And William Hurt's the one that shows the shadow of his penis in this movie, so. <laughs> now we know I met, like, Tom so much. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you, I know you were watching with Chris, were you just like, okay, sorry, wait. We just got to pause real quick, I got to rewind it real quick. It was so fast that I missed it, but I was like, what's that now? <laughs> And then Chris went to we bed and Matt went out into the living room, <laughs> rewound to that spot. I put a I put a blank piece of paper against the TV and, and drew a trace of it. Um, None of this would be that surprising. Everybody's like, uh huh, yeah. Of course and he, he took did. the trace and put it in. He walked back into his bedroom holding the piece of paper, set it down, and then put it inside of a book that's just entirely tracing some beans. <laughs> I was going to say, and then did you. S- sad piano music plays <laughs> as I reshelve the book. 
with its and nondescript he just crawls binding. Crawls into bed, puts the book on the shelf, and just crawls into bed. And then clap my clap on off. <laughs> this is my this is my life. And this is who I am. You unplug your phone, have yourself a, a little cry. My phone hasn't been charging, so maybe that's the problem. (laughs) Um, Twenty years later, Matt's like dating someone, married, and still goes out into the living room and traces the beans from movies and brings it back. Only now the little photo album book is like hidden so he has to like pull out like a false bottom of a drawer <laughs> takes out the tracings book it's it my down. john wick yeah it's my john wick equipment <laughs> i bury it under cement and i have to break it open with a sledgehammer uncover it unearth it <laughs> and oh as God. you can tell ah, yes you get Emil older, hirsch from into the wild <laughs> You get into your 80s and the lines are a little bit squiggly. Oh, God. <laughs> Matt, we all love I will, for you. I will say, Chris and I had a conversation about William Hurt being a sex symbol in this era and how strange it is. Because he is in this movie yeah. presented as a hot person. Where he's like, I've always just been looks. And I'm like, William Hurt? But he is, he is hot in this, but like... I don't know. I guess he's also supposed to be hot in the Big Chill, which I haven't seen. But I did add Big Chill to my list for the next time there's a Criterion sale based, oh. based on this movie. <laughs> Interesting. Because uh, it's been on my. It's like I've been thinking about it for a while, and I just keep not like I hold it, and then I'm like, nah, I can come back for it some other time. But anyway. Well, now's the time. I guess now's the time. I've crossed this one off the list, so might as well put another one in its place. Uh, Best picture, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best screenplay, best cinematography, and best editing. And it did not win anything. Damn. It deserves some of those. Holly Hunter, for sure. I know. Okay, who was Holly Hunter up against? So, best actress that year... Oh, shit. Uh, that was the year that Cher won for Moonstruck. Oh, she is good in Moonstruck. Yeah. I love Cher in Moonstruck. Uh, and Glenn Close in Final Attraction. She's good Another in that. Another Fatal? Fa- yeah, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> it's Fatal Attraction. Well, it is Sorry. also the Fun. final one. <laughs> if it's Fatal, it's Final. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good year for lead female performances. Who else? Uh, Sally Kirkland as Anna in the movie Anna. Oh, of course. Never heard oh, of that the notable performance as Anna. Uh, and then Meryl Streep in Ironweed. Never even heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's the one I want to fight for. I've, I've never seen Moonstruck, but I know that it's an iconic performance. I, I have, and I think I would choose Holly Hunter over Cher. Bless. Even though Cher's great in Moonstruck, I think I still I like Holly Hunter's performance more. Uh... And then the other one that I would fight for was best screenplay, best original screenplay. That one uh, I would. Which also it lost to Moonstruck. And mm-hmm. Hope and Glory, which is a movie that I've heard of, and Radio Days, which is a Woody Allen movie that I haven't heard of, but Kill yes. it. <laughs> Kill it. Get it out of there. Yeah, I think I don't feel terrible. I do think, like, the editing was, was good. I don't feel, like, strongly enough about, like, making the case. 
but I like I think a lot of those sequences where they were like in the newsroom and it was very frantic. I thought that that was done well. I agree. That's it. Anyway, that's it. We did it. Broadcast news. We broadcast the news. Congratulations, Matt. I didn't make you watch a movie from the 30s. Yeah, I mean, you would have regretted it if you did. <laughs> this conversation wouldn't have been nearly as engaged. <laughs> Unless it was Metropolis, and then I would have been like, oh, shit. I think okay, Metropolis is the 20s. Metropolis. I also don't know if Metropolis is on Criterion. I think it is. Okay. What have you guys been up to lately? I can go. It's a short list. Um, I watched The Woman King. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I still have to see it. I thought it was really good. It's on Netflix. Uh, I watched the first episode of Beef. Um, I found it to be a little bit stressful, if I'm honest. I don't know if it's... A little bit? Okay. Yeah, I was going to Well, you say. guys were talking about how it's a comedy, and I'm like, I'm not finding a lot of the humor because I'm so stressed out. Oh. It's pretty pitch, pitch black, <laughs> but it is funny, but it is stressful. Yeah. yeah. Very stressful. I think I just need to be in the right mindset, but it was really well done, and I thought that Ellie Huang was really good. Um... I thought she was great. And then mm-hmm. uh, I watched Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and I thought it was excellent. <laughs> I thought it was really I good. Mean, <laughs> listener. Have you seen it, Colin? I haven't seen it. I thought it looked bad. Okay, then uh, don't judge. Don't judge until you've seen wow, it. Wow, it's true. I'm, I'm going it's to see it point. at some point, but I just, like, the, the first trailer, I was like, oh, this seems fun. And then the second trailer, I was like, oh, this does not seem fun. Uh, it oh. seemed like everybody was trying way too hard in the second trailer, so I was just like, eh. And then I never got. I mean, to it's like a it. a fun movie. It's it did like... not look fun to me, is all I'm saying. And I talked to some people at the theater who saw, it, and they were like, "Yeah, it was fine." I was like, "Okay, well, good note." I don't know what wow. to tell you. Uh, I thought it was fun. I'm ha- I'm happy for you. I'm not trying to yuck your yum. I'm just saying that like it didn't look good to me, so I didn't watch it. So sad that you have to be so negative, Colin. I did just find it humorous that Tierney texted Matt and I last night and was like, hey, do either either of you have access to the unbearable weight of massive talent with no context, just out of nowhere? And my my reaction was no, which I I is not, I'm not lying to you. I don't have access to that. But I was also just like, of fucking course, she's gonna watch this movie. <laughs> like she's done with Narcos. She's looking for something else. She's not quite ready to dive into Narcos too, but she still I needs heard her. It was pa- good. <laughs> she still needs her Pedro fix. Okay. <laughs> like, Do you a girl needs her Pedro. <laughs> Actually, it was this that is... I heard it was a really fun movie, and I wanted a fun movie. And I had finished and the, fact the that Pedro King, was in but it. The woman you know. is a little bit more heavy. Also, Pedro's in it and plays just like a delightful person. Yeah. I mean, he's that that's the. Uh, the meme. The, like the meme yeah. is from that yeah. movie where he just looks like a fucking moron. Yeah, that music, though, is not in the scene, but I kept waiting for it to come in. Um, Make your own kind of music. Yeah. Sharon Horrigan is in it, too. Um but yeah, I thought it was fun. It was just like a a fun ride. It was like what the level of fun that Marvel movies should have. 
I mean, I'm not going to so. fight you. Marvel movies have been pretty lame for a while, so. But I feel like every other movie in my queue was, like, heavy, and so I was like, I want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me sound like a crazy person. I, that is not my intention, and I apologize to you and to listener. It's okay. I just... It's just, it was funny that I was like, yeah, of course she's like, this totally checks out. Like, no judgment associated with it. It's just like, yeah, this this is like, this feels right. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't found a new show to watch, though. Can I interest anyway, you in Daisy it. Jones that's and the Six? Anyway, that's all I've got. I'm still watching. Uh, your, your favorite, Daisy Jones and the Six? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I want like a, I want, maybe I'll watch Motherland again. That movie, that television show is so fucking good. I thought about watching Frayed after um, watching Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, because it's just all Australian accents um, and Australian insults, more importantly. But that's all I've been doing. I'm still reading White Noise very slowly before I fall asleep and wake up at three in the morning with the lights on, so... (laughs) It's happened Crushing so far <laughs> every day this week. <laughs> Yikes. I wake up with my Kindle like on my face and I'm like, why is it so bright? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Matt, what have you been up to lately? <clears throat> oh, this and that. Uh, not that much, but I rewatched. Uh, so I was at a hotel this last weekend. So I watched hotel TV and uh, some movie, some partial movies that were on it, like the first Mission Impossible, which uh, I like the tone of, but in rewatching it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is a little more boring than the new ones. Yeah, but uh, uh, Henry Cerny's coming back though. For who? He's uh, <clears throat> he's in the first one. Is um, he the one in the aquarium restaurant? I think so. He's coming back for Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'm glad that they do that. I want them all to matter to yeah. each other. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I rewatched Marcel the Shell with Shoes On and laughed loud and teared up. Cried hard. Uh, God, cried harder. <laughs> I think uh, Marcel's just waiting for you to get better. Better? Better, 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 better. Oh, God. <laughs> It's the most heartbreaking movie of last year. Um, and also watched the first hour or so of In Fabric, which uh, is an A24 movie from, like, 2019, I think. Yeah. Is it a and horror? Yes. It's very strange. Gwendolyn Christie is awful in it, not as a, as an actress, but as a character. It, this character is, like, so not what you'd picture Gwendolyn Christie to be, but like a real piece of shit. Um, and uh, I got so sleepy, so I couldn't finish it. But I'm planning on finding it on like uh, Canopy to finish watching it. And uh, I'm caught up on Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert: They actually did something with Baby Yoda so that he can do anything now. He and by anything, I don't mean like he could do anything. He can literally do something because before he could do nothing and now he can do some stuff um and i have to catch up on succession and snl and barry uh but oh, you have watched any of those yeah barry came back no, this weekend I'm, 
Oh. I'm watch. Yeah. I haven't watched there's, it. New episode. There's your TV show, Tierney. Yeah, perfect. I was... Can I also... Matt, if you're finished, <laughs> can I add one thing I forgot to say? Yes, I think I'm done. I don't think I watch anything else. Um, the other thing I was going to say is Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, Paddington 2 plays... Uh, it comes up a couple times. And... Oh. I was like, oh, I need to rewatch. And I realized I, I haven't watched the Paddington movies since I got my dog. Oh, shit. And I was like, what? What is he going to do when everyone on screen is like, Paddington, Paddington? Oh, he's going to lose his mind. I know. He's probably right now like, what? What? Good luck um, with the, the end of the second one, though. <laughs> Oh, in terms of me emotionally? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I cry in that every time. And then sometimes so, same, I'm like... But I feel like it's going to hit harder this time. Oh, this yeah. was part of... In that movie, I was like, Oh, Paddington too. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't remember why I named my dog Paddington. And then I remember how delightful Paddington Bear is. And then I'm like, Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so stupid. And that was me last night. I was like, <laughs> anyway. So I'll keep I'll keep you guys posted on on how uh, how he does with his likeness on screen. Um, I'm very interested. Yeah, feel free to take videos um, and send them our way. <laughs> he probably doesn't. He probably won't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, my brother-in-law sent a uh, TikTok to me and my sister yesterday where it was like, um, like bark at your dog. And so the woman just barks at her dog and the dog freaks the fuck out. And so my <laughs> sister was like, I tried that with Nyla, their dog. And Nyla is a husky, but like has the temperament of a cat in that she is just like, fuck you, leave me alone. And so <laughs> I asked my sister, I was like, oh, how'd, how'd that go? Was her reaction, why are you bothering me? Or <laughs> was like, well, at first she like opened her eyes really wide, but then she immediately went back to her own thing. So yeah, her reaction basically was, why are you bothering me? <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you get a little bit more fun out of a Paddington situation. But um, uh, I haven't been up to much lately. Uh, mostly just been keeping up with my stories. Mm. Um, Succession's still really good. I think the first two episodes of Barry were really good. Very curious to see what the rest of this season entails. Um, there were two lines. I think there one was in the first episode and one was in, they dropped the first two episodes of Barry um, on Sunday. Um, and there was one line in the first one and then one like uh, visual gag in the second one that made me laugh so hard I had to pause the episode uh, and rewind so good luck awesome. to both of you <laughs> I'm excited uh, and then the only other thing that I want to shout out is uh, I've been playing God of War again hell yeah <laughs> after uh, two a little two year hiatus I went to go start playing it and I was like I don't remember how to play this game so I started over from the beginning <laughs> and I played for 11 hours on Saturday. Straight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. God. I can't do awesome. anything for more than 11 hours <laughs> other than sleep. Uh, and it was awesome. That is crazy. 
so getting getting back into video games real hard except not breath of the wild sorry matt hey you know we all have our our individual journeys so i'd also be playing god of war if i wasn't in the middle of breath of the wild because god of war is lit but i guess i won't be able to play it until i'm finished (laughs) 